It's DTS-153, the new Bungie podcast, came in with a lot of cool tidbits, plus it's E3 this week. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody, and welcome back to Destiny the Show, the Destiny News Podcast to keep you, the Guardian, ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I'm BBK Dragoon, joined, as always, on a very hot day by my good co-host, Diddy. <laughs> it's probably pretty hot there, too, man. How you doing? Uh, doing very well. It's very nice and sunny. We have a few clouds and a slight breeze, so it's not as hot, or it doesn't feel as hot as it normally is, but uh, sitting around the 90s, 93-ish or so right now. So uh, sh- dogs, dogs, walks with the dog are uh, quite short these days. <laughs> yeah, man, it's super hot in Colorado as well. We're touching up into the 90s uh, earlier this week, and we don't have AC either. So I spent a bunch of time applying this like window tinting to the, the <laughs> windows. So we look like a, a really cheap car. Somebody who nice. did a terrible <laughs> tinting job of their car. I can't tell if it helps. But maybe it does. Do you play anything good this week? How was some Dest? We did some Iron Banner together, didn't we? We did do some Iron Banner, yeah. And I still have not got my Distant Star at the time of recording this. Hopefully, right after we record this, I'll go ahead and get that package Distant Star. Because I've never, through all the games I've played, the last couple Iron Banners, I've never had one drop. So, uh, still hoping for that one gun. That's the one I want, and it's the one I'm not getting. So, uh, yeah, Iron Banner was great this week. I mean... As I say, I'm you know I don't play uh, you know as much Destiny PvP as as you or a streamer or something like like that. But I I enjoy the meta right now. I I really like playing with the guns that are around there, and I'm not too frustrated by getting sniped by a shotgun these days. So it's uh it's quite funny when you get killed by that shotgun. And you're like, oh, you're still using that. Nice. Yeah, it's almost a surprise. It's like, oh, they're, they're still in the game. Yeah, I played a bunch <laughs> with uh, followers of the stream on Tuesday night, and then we streamed Friday, and we played probably for almost three hours. Really fun. I'd say one out of five games were unplayable, comical levels of lag. Like, to the point where I don't even care anymore. It's just, like, almost hilarious, where people are just straight-up <laughs> teleporting. Or you saw it, Diddy, where I punched the air, and then three seconds later, a guy died right next to me, and it was yep. like, <laughs> what is this game? <laughs> oh man it's a, oh. it's a magic trick man i'm gonna make you disappear totally. <laughs> yep so it's sort of a light news week next week's show is going to be a lot bigger obviously because this is e3 e3 is going on right now we're recording this right before the xbox presentation we're going to finish up right before it starts so we can hear all about scorpio and then tomorrow night sunday night this podcast is going to go live or excuse me tomorrow night monday night uh this podcast is going live on monday morning So this evening, 9 p.m. EST is the Sony press conference, and that is likely to be the spot where you're going to see a Destiny trailer or some Destiny 2 stuff going down in the Sony presentation. Activision is at E3 this year. They had virtually no presence last year. They're showing off three games in particular. They're showing off COD World War II, the new remastered Crash Bandicoot Insane, Insane Trilogy, and of course, Destiny 2. We know that Mark Noseworthy and Luke Smith are going to be out there giving some interviews and remember Diddy last year, all the little tidbits we learned throughout the week of like just different interviews and different little blurbs dropping from Deej and the crew? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the presentation, the initial presentation is not all the news. Throughout the week, that's why they go to these events to be interviewed by various people of the press to learn the details of the information. Because what at E3, you have so many different games and uh, publishers 
coming out and they have, oh, you have a 30 second spot this year. Oh my God, what information do I put there? And what do I talk about on the show floor? So throughout the rest of the week, we are expecting a lot of new tidbits of uh, Destiny 2 information or not, maybe not new, but some clarifications from the uh, questions we've had since the reveal. So expect new things throughout the week, not just tonight, Monday night. Yeah, keep an eye on the IGNs, the Kotaku's game spots. They always get a couple of really good headlines from the folks over at Bungie. Now, I want to transition Diddy over into the new Bungie podcast. Now, this is the second Bungie podcast. We talked about the first one. Well, second one after the really long <laughs> hiatus. Okay. And on this show that came out, uh, I think it was like the seventh, right? You had Irk, Luke Smith, John Wysanewski, and Mark Noseworthy all sitting down and talking about Destiny 2. I got to say, man, this was... I love this format. It's almost an hour. They relax, they talk, but they stay on topic for the most part, right? They definitely keep the conversation directed towards destiny without letting it sort of uh, fall apart. And the clickbait word of the week, Diddy, was closed alpha. Did you see your YouTube sub box exploding with people slamming that in their titles? (laughs) I did, yes. Oh, man. It's coming, man. The beta, it's right around the corner. Yes. Yeah, Beta is going to be announced at E3. We learned that from the podcast. That's no surprise right there. And the uh, this alpha, the closed alpha that they were talking about, it's internal. It's for people under an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, friends and family. It'll never be coming to the general public or the press. It's, it's really just for Bungie staff to be testing the game. And that's one of the things they talked throughout the entire podcast about, Diddy, is the fact that Destiny 2, more and more people are transitioning off of the Destiny 2 project and on to the expansions and the unannounced content. They, they really didn't give many specifics about what their live updates entail. But yeah, exactly. that's really encouraging. So they're wrapping, wrapping Destiny 2 up. It's essentially polish and bug fix. Yeah, I mean, and that's uh, what we'll see in the beta as well. Not, we might not see the most current build of Destiny 2, but we'll see a very recent build of Destiny 2. And uh, a lot of the teams at Bungie are focusing, like you said, on those expansions, but the teams still working on Destiny 2 are focused on that day one patch uh, for Destiny 2. So all the feedback that we can provide later this year with the beta, once we get that our hands on that, we, they'll be able to uh, uh, you know, analyze that feedback and make the appropriate changes for that day one patch so that they, they deliver the best possible experience for Destiny 2 when it launches. Totally. Now, the project leads of the teams themselves are working a ton, but they did make note that uh, people are rather relaxed over at Bungie. It doesn't seem like it's a very chaotic atmosphere or people are sleeping under their desks. The usual crunch time stuff that you hear horror stories about. They really said the projects come together pretty darn smoothly. There's obvious a lot of polish and bug fix to put together. Uh, but just the week previously, they had a 16-hour play session in which the game didn't crash at all. No progress was lost. And I was just thinking, that is a long work day for somebody. 16 hours of Destiny, even if you love the game. I'm going, I hope there was a pizza break in there sometime. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so, too. I mean, you know, not to get the controller greasy, of course, but that kind of dedication, you know, we hear the devs, we hear people in the community say, oh, the devs don't even play their game. Well, they're, Luke Smith said he he plays like, what, he can put 200 hours of Destiny 2 in a month or something. 
Uh, yeah. Just just finding things that work or don't work and what, what he wants to polish the next day when he goes into work. So uh, they play the crap out of this game, man. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the E3 presentations, the news we learned later this week, and of course, the beta later this month. Or, excuse me, not this month, but uh, later this year. <laughs> July 7th is the date everybody's sort of settling on. By the time this podcast is probably gone live and most people are listening to it midweek, the date's probably public. So I won't really hammer or talk about that much further because we don't know it yet. But if you had to guess... What do you think they're going to throw into the beta? Obviously, we know PvP is going to be probably the backbone of it, but do you think any PvE content will make it in like a strike? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping for at least uh, at least the gameplay that we've seen footage of, right? So the uh, the strike that we have footage of and the story mission, um, you know, if we remember back to the, the Destiny 1 beta, I think they had maybe four or five story missions available. They were much shorter, but uh, this beta this time around for Destiny 2, I'm going to expect that homecoming story mission at least, uh, the strike that we've seen, and uh, the countdown game type as well with uh, a couple maps. Totally. Yeah, and just hearing the conversation between Mark Noseworthy and Luke Smith at the helm and you got John Wisniewski all together roundtable discussion with Herc, these make me feel very... um, comfortable as a player i really just appreciate this this feels like they're lifting the komodo and you're getting to see what's going on a little bit the underpinnings of bungie right there's something really assuring about it as a player hearing them openly and honestly like just talking about the game you know what i'm saying like this is something i really hope doesn't end when destiny 2 comes out i really am hopeful bungie podcasts will continue throughout destiny 2's life cycle because that just instills so much more confidence i don't really know how to hit the nail on the head but you get what i'm you know scratching the surface at right yeah it makes the developers seem way more human right this type of communication in a podcast roundtable just talking about the game and their projects they're working on it's it's almost like being a part of a bungee internal meeting just listening in right just them talking about what they're working on and everything and that type of communication from a game developer these days seems very rare right you have uh, Jeff Kaplan with the, the Overwatch and Blizzard team pro- uh, you know, producing those vlogs of developer updates. Those are fantastic. Bungie Podcast is very unique in the fact that got a lot of people together talking about the game, different viewpoints and perspectives, and just makes it seem way more uh, relatable and human in my eyes. Or yeah, here's, ears, I guess. <laughs> I don't think it's in less quantity, right? I think more and more companies are starting to open up communication channels with their fans but the lacking bit is the authenticity right you have a lot of like Mm -hmm. the e3 um freaking ea presentation was yesterday and it it almost just i don't know it didn't hit me super well that they were hammering in hey we got a bunch of your favorite youtubers to say one positive comment about battlefront (laughs) see we did it instead of just like it didn't feel authentic right when Bungie's sitting around and doing this kind of podcast, to me, that feels authentic. I mean, there's tons of companies trying to engage more through social media and, and all that jazz, but it's it's all about nailing that level of authenticity. When I was watching the Battlefront reveal, man, it looks gorgeous. And we got to talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit later in the show, Diddy. But at the same time, too, I, I don't necessarily like presentations where it's like, see, we locked 25 of your favorite YouTubers in a room and we wouldn't let them leave until they sat in front of the camera <laughs> and said, they listen to your feedback. And so, anyway, I got on a little tangent there, buddy. 
We learned a little bit about freedom slots. So the idea behind kinetic and energy weapons and the transition from our current Destiny weapon system into Destiny 2's kinetic slot, energy slot, and then the ultimate, like the power weapon slot, that's John Wazanuski. That's his team. That was their idea. That was their baby. They were very skeptical about it when they first put it together. But the idea is you're going to have a lot of uptime on both your kinetic and energy slot weapons because the ammo is very plentiful. And yeah, you can run Diddy sidearm, sidearm. I know your dream come true, right? <laughs> no, it's hand cannon, hand cannon. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I figured you as more of a sidearm, sidearm kind of guy. But I was just thinking about this. Imagine that kind of versatility in a match where you're like, hmm, I'm going to post up on this sight line with my scout rifle. Oh, they're taking the point. I'm going to whip out my hand cannon because I know I'm going to be engaging in closer CQC-style CQC combat. That really opens up a lot of strategy opportunities, you know? Yeah, it really does. And it's, it kind of reminds me of going back to Halo, right? In multiplayer, you picked up whatever combo of weapons you wanted, right? I mean, there wasn't a primary, That's a great there wasn't a secondary. It's, yeah. it's like, if I want a plasma rifle and an assault rifle, I can go grab those two weapons and use that throughout the match in my Halo game. Now it's like, if I want a pulse rifle and a hand cannon, yeah, I can do that because it's possible now. It's it's. I really like this change. That was a really great illusion right there, dude, because I didn't even think about that. When you're running around with your BR SMG, you know the sight lines that you want to have your BR out for on the pit, but when you're dropping down to go and grab the overshield under the bridge, you know you want that SMG out mm -hmm. in case you run into somebody because it's close quarters. That's just... I didn't even put two and two together, <laughs> dude. You are a sensei. We should Man. play some Halo 3 sometime again. I was getting Yes, that. yeah. let's do it. <laughs> They wanted Destiny 2 to be easier to learn but harder to master, sort of the Blizzard game philosophy where it's easy to get involved and pick the game up, but it has a high skill ceiling. That seems to be a very core design philosophy pillar behind what they're doing with Destiny 2 PvP, where they want it to be more watchable, more engaging, and of course more strategic, but also something that has a bit higher of a skill ceiling but doesn't scare away the new people. It sounds a lot kind of like when they were first showing off Overwatch gameplay. I'm not comparing the two because they're obviously vastly different shooters. But that philosophy of kind of like easy to pick up, hard to master, you know, Diddy? Yeah, I mean, easy to pick up means, you know, it's it's very open, right? Anybody can pick up the game and enjoy it. But the hard to master is like, yeah, it, it caters to that competitive hardcore field or, or group of people, community, who play the game on Twitch for a living, right? You know, the people who put in 10, 12 hours a day playing that game. You know, those are the guys who are going to be, or gals, and those are the people who are going to be, you know, looking to be the best that they can be. That's going to happen in Destiny 2, and I love that. And being able to pick it up and just talking to my coworkers, be like, hey, you should pick up Destiny 2. You're going to love it. They're, they can go home, pick it up, and enjoy it. I mean, that's... That's a really nice thing to have. Those two extremes is is really good. Yeah, I think it's funny to me. There's a lot of people who are going to be playing it for the first time on PC. Um, people just from around, even even people I work with at my office who would never play it on the console, but are totally going to be picking it up on PC. But I keep getting like this question of, well, how far behind am I going to be if I get Destiny Two? I don't. I don't necessarily <laughs> think everybody understands. D two is a fresh start, guys. It's a fresh start for everybody. And that's going to be, I think, a really good element. Fixing progression systems, maintaining what existed that worked, uh, and refining other things. So 
that was the main highlights that I got from the actual uh, Bungie podcast. Is there anything that stood out to you, Diddy, that I missed? No, I mean, I love the Bungie podcast. You know, I listened to it back when, you know, Halo 3 and Halo Reach were going around, and it was just so, you know, unique then. And, you know, now that you and I were doing the podcast, you know, I, I, the Bungie podcast was probably the only podcast that I ever listened to before we started this one, you know? And so that's where I've been drawing a lot of my inspiration from. And so being able to relate and go back and actually hear the new content from the, from the podcast, it's, it's so great. I mean, yeah, these news podcasts are really great if you really want to know what happened this week. But if you want to hear the developer themselves talk outside of an IGN interview, just talk amongst themselves, Bungie Podcast is it. That's what you want it's to It's the water to. cooler experience, right? Exactly. You're just sitting around yeah. the water cooler with them. <laughs> so this week at Bungie was not really full of any interesting news other than the fact that they're going to E3. Bungie's going to be at PAX West. No surprise there. And that is actually like really close. I think I can't remember the dates, but it's like right before the release of Destiny 2. They're going to have an entire theater just for them. Yeah, September the 1st through the 4th, 2017 in Seattle, Washington. Um, They're rolling out the red carpet. I think that's going to be like a giant bungee celebration. They said it's going to be all about, um, you know, celebrating with the community and the fans of Destiny. So I wouldn't expect much in terms of PR or, or crazy cool gameplay things to sample just a week before Destiny 2. But I would expect you see a lot of Destiny content creators going out there for that one. I've heard PAX is super fun, Diddy. Have you ever gone? I have not. I have not gone to a PAX yet. But uh, There's one in Texas. We got to do that one sometime, dude. PAX South, man. We should do it sometime. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's let's do that. Uh, There were some great movies of the week that you should check out. And also the bug where people are getting random losses on their trials card. (laughs) They don't quite know what's causing it. So it's still in the game. So yeah, you can win a trials game and still get a loss on the card. Last week, Diddy on the on Asylum, we did a full run uh, Aura and Sassy, and we didn't get a single loss, thank goodness. But I did see some streamers win their win the match, go to Orbit Boom, and they'd lose Mercy, and it was like, oh, wow. come on, that's harsh. So hopefully that'll be fixed in the near future. All right, I wanted to mention I think a couple of uh, E3 things as we sort of wrap up today's show. Bioware, Diddy, at the E3, the EA E3 presentation, mm-hmm. showed off a very short trailer for a game called Anthem, which you should look up right now as I muse about. The trailer didn't show us much. It was just a cinematic reveal, and it's the creators of Mass Effect. It's that main team that put together the original Mass Effect titles, sci-fi action RPG, and it's rumored that it's supposed to have some similarities to Destiny. And I quote here from The Verge, the game is rumored to to be EA's response to the social action game franchise like Activision's Destiny. In an earnings call in May, EA CEO Andrew Wilson said of the game, we are very pleased with the progress of our new action IP from Bioware. The design is stunning. Gameplay mechanics are excellent and the action will be exhilarating. The game is built around a live service And through our creative process, we've decided to add more to the disruptive new social designs for our players. To accommodate that, we are moving the launch date for this project into fiscal year 2019. End quote. So Anthem is still a long ways off. Now, I think fiscal year 2019 might actually be the end of 2018, like November. I can't remember how financial quarters work right now, but 
Destiny's got a maybe a competitor coming to the scene, did he? We sort of talked about this, didn't we? Like probably a year and a half ago. I mean, yeah. So since Destiny's been so successful, I mean, other game developers are bound to you know look at it for inspiration or say, how can I do something like that? And apparently that's what Bioware is doing. And let's not forget, Bioware is creator of the Mass Effect universe, right? So, I mean, Mass Effect was a fantastic series. And Knights of the Old Republic, KOTOR, Knights man. Knights of the Old Republic, KOTOR, oh my goodness. Like, those types of games just draw you in. So, I'm actually quite excited about this one, even though it's two years out or a year and a half, whatever it is. This is the game that I'm going to be looking at next because I love Destiny. I love how it just drew me in. Destiny 2 is going to be fantastic. Since they're pushing this one back, I think they're going to be like, let's see how Destiny 2 does because they're redoing a lot of things. Let's see if this works. And I want to throw this into the mix too. Bioware also was behind Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO. And I have a a guy at work who loves The Old Republic and, and just says it's incredible has a fantastic, fantastic set of stories. Like every character class in that game has its own unique storyline. And so I'm, I'm just picturing this blend of a Mass Effect baby with some elements of Bioware storytelling and then Destiny elements thrown in. I don't know. It's It intrigues me. It's probably going to be its own unique entity. But that was the thing I was most excited about with EA's presentation yesterday. I'm curious, did you are an old school Battlefront fan. What did you think of the Battlefront 2 gameplay stuff yesterday it looks fantastic yes it looks it looks unbelievable dude it's to the point when you watch it you're like this how is this a thing it looks (laughs) so good it it looks like you're playing a movie and it's it's so great i I love the fact that they're doing the different eras as well the the old clone troopers then the the original trilogy era and then the new trilogy era it's so great to blend all of those timelines into one fantastic game. Of course, I can't be really excited about it because the Battlefront 1, the recent one, not the original, it just, it, it was so expensive that I, I never got into it because it just, it didn't seem worth it to me. You, d- you don't want to spend $120, did he? Come on. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I just, I, I can't do that <laughs> for for a, a, a two-map multiplayer Star Wars game. I can't justify that cost. So if this one has some really great things, I mean, I'm going to consider it because I, like you said, I love the original Battlefront, Battlefront 2. Fantastic. I played it all the time on my PlayStation 2. And the sound design in the original Battlefront, or, yeah, the newer, most recent Battlefront one was was fantastic. So mm-hmm. great. That is yep. like the peak of sound design, and it was visually very good. I just can't justify the cost yet. So I'll be watching it. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I can't wait to see how it actually turns out. I'm a big Battlefield fan. I've been playing Battlefield Four again on the PC. Some Battlefield One, and I agree fully with you on Battlefront. I did pick up Battlefront. I think visually unreal the audio design like you said a great experience but gameplay wise it just did not hook me i don't know what it was i probably could spend 15 minutes writing out on a sheet of paper what i think it is but it just never hooked me with that one more game kind of feeling so battlefront 2 come back with the campaign multiple eras uh the free dlc stuff these are all big steps for ea but man that presentation had some straight up cringe (laughs) moments for sure so 
All right, man. I love you three. This is such a fun week. This is such a such a fun week. And we're going to be coming back next week's show with an actual release date for the beta. And we'll start a countdown and all that good stuff. So where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S. YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. And as soon as that beta drops, I'll be streaming over on the Destiny of the Show Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Destiny of the Show. Excellent. Also, I want to remind the listeners that Guardian Con is happening in Tampa, Florida, June 30th through July 1st. So that's actually really, really soon, just about two and a half weeks away. Diddy and I will not be heading out that way, but our hearts will go with you. Remember last year we had some folks rocking the Destiny the Show t-shirts out there, which is just, just so cool. I came across that photo on Twitter the other day and I was like, man, you guys rock. You can find us on our website, destinytheshow.com, for all the links from today and more. You can follow us on Twitter, at Destiny the Show for the latest updates on the program. You can follow me, at BBK Dragoon on YouTube, Twitter, and now Twitch. I'm streaming every Friday night, and I've been doing about two streams a week, usually with the followers playing Destiny. It's been fantastic. We've been having a really good time. So thanks for listening to this week's show. Have a great rest of your E3, and uh, we're going to go listen to the Scorpio presentation. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.